It is the glory of God to conceal a matter. To search it out is the glory of kings. This is the Message to Kings podcast. Episode 210, The Siege of Jerusalem and the Prophet Jeremiah. Though Babylon has defeated Egypt two times soundly crushing their armies, Egypt was on the rise again, constantly courting the king of the buffer state Judah. Egypt had finally found, had gotten a foothold within Judah. And in the eighth year of Zedekiah's reign, he was convinced he should take sides with Egypt against Babylon. Blame false prophecy, bad counsel, ignorance to God's voice, whatever the reason, Zedekiah made a very, very fateful decision. And we know also from that those Ezekiel prophecies, it probably fits in line with around this time frame when the glory of the Lord has left Judah. And without the glory, where is God's protection? This is Josephus' account. Now, when Zedekiah had preserved the league of mutual assistance he had made with the Babylonians for eight years, he broke it. And when the king of Babylon knew this, he made for war against them. He made his country waste and took his fortified towns and came to the city Jerusalem and itself to besiege it. So before Zedekiah even becomes king, um, Nebuchadnezzar searches for someone to become king after he deposes Jehoiakim and Jehoiachin. He appoints Zedekiah, and he actually makes him, as he puts him on the throne, swear allegiance to Nebuchadnezzar. And he does it for a while, but eventually he's persuaded by his wicked friends and the temptations of Egypt and his own wicked heart to break that alliance with Babylon and to quit paying tribute to Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar, in turn, takes his army and lays waste the countryside of Judah and besieges Jerusalem. Clearly a stupid idea, Zedekiah. And he wasn't listening to all of these prophecies. The countryside is wasted, all the smaller towns are destroyed, and Jerusalem is under siege. Zedekiah's only hope in the flesh was Egypt. His only hope in the spirit was God. At this time, in a little bit of humility... Zedekiah calls on Jeremiah, but we learn this is one of those Ahab-like repentance teases with no teeth in it. No true heart change, a circumstantial repentance, yet he does call upon the prophet. Jeremiah 37. Zedekiah, son of Josiah, was made king of Judah by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon. He reigned in the place of Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim. Neither he nor his descendants nor the people of the land paid any attention to the words of the Lord that had spoken through Jeremiah the prophet. King Zedekiah, however, sent Jekulah, son of Shelemiah, with the priest Zephaniah, son of Messiah, to Jeremiah the prophet with this message, Please pray to the Lord our God for us. Now Jeremiah was free to come and go among the people, for he had not yet been put in prison. Pharaoh's army had marched out of Egypt, and when the Babylonians, who were besieging Jerusalem, heard the report about them, they withdrew from Jerusalem. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, 
This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Tell the king of Judah who sent you to inquire of me, Pharaoh's army, which has marched out to support you, will go back to its own land, to Egypt. Then the Babylonians will return and attack this city. They will capture it and burn it to the ground. This is what the Lord says. Do not deceive yourself, thinking the Babylonians will surely leave us. They will not. Even if you were to defeat the entire Babylonian army that is attacking you and only wounded men were left in their tents, they would come out and burn the city down. Jeremiah's message is harsh. I mean, they came to him in humility, sort of. But it's revealing how deep the layers of repentance that's required. Ahab-type repentance wasn't going to cut it this time. But God even gave this king more time to test his heart. Josephus adds the next piece of the story. But when the king of Egypt heard what circumstances Zedekiah, his ally, was in, he took a great army with him and came into Judah as if he would raise the siege, and upon which the king of Babylon departed from Jerusalem and met the Egyptians and joined battle with them and beat them. The siege of Jerusalem ends when Nebuchadnezzar lifts the siege and pursues an Egyptian army to destroy it, which leads to a series of battles and another campaign against the Egyptians. This gives Zedekiah more time. Before the Babylonian army can return, the following occurs. Now it appears Jeremiah needs to travel back to his home for some reason. Maybe it's to buy some land or a loved one had died, uh, potentially due to the death of his parents or some other reason. And when he leaves, he's harshly treated by Zedekiah's evil friends. And there's this moment, and they, they actually think that he's trying to escape the city. Jeremiah 37, 11. After the Babylonian army had withdrawn from Jerusalem because of Pharaoh's army, Jeremiah started to leave the city to go to the territory of Benjamin to get his share of the property among the people there. But when he reached the Benjamin gate, the captain of the guard, whose name was Ariah, son of Shelemiah, the son of Hananiah, arrested him and said, You are deserting to the Babylonians. That is not true, Jeremiah said. I am not deserting to the Babylonians. But Ariah would not listen to him. Instead, he arrested Jeremiah and brought him to the officials. They were angry with Jeremiah and had him beaten and imprisoned in the house of Jonathan, the secretary, whom they had made into a prison. Jeremiah is beaten, and it must have been horrible because Jeremiah is scared of death at this point. The king calls upon Jeremiah again here. Jeremiah 37, 16. Jeremiah was put into a vaulted cell into a dungeon where he remained a long time. Then King Zedekiah sent for him and had him brought to the palace where he asked him privately. And this is, this is a, you know, pulling back here for a second, but this is the theme of this king. He will listen to Jeremiah and he loves to talk to him in private, but he's scared to let people see that he talks to this guy. There's so much fear of man in this king. Is there any word from the Lord? The king said. You will be delivered in the hands of the king of Babylon. Then Jeremiah said to the king Zedekiah, What crime have I committed against you and your sin and attendance or this people that you put me in prison? Where are your prophets who prophesy to you? The king of Babylon will not attack you or this land. But now, my lord, the king, please, listen, let me bring my petition before you. Do not send me back to the house of Jonathan the secretary or I will die there. Potentially heeding Jeremiah's warning, but still mistreating him, Jeremiah is publicly placed into a, a public courtyard, but then again, it's also a prison to him. It, it's a public imprisonment of sorts. 
And what Zedekiah potentially did for his safety would lead to much public humiliation for Jeremiah, yet at the same time, allow for a loud mouthpiece to be in the city. Sounds like Jesus, doesn't it? Here's Jeremiah. He's, he's in this strange place in the uh, public courtyard of the guard, but he's locked in the courtyard. But wherever he is, his voice could be heard through the city if he spoke up, up and through and out the courtyard. But he does sound like Jesus. He's having visions of the temple being destroyed. He's beaten, he's public humiliated, and he's hated by the rulers. And here's a version of the parallel suffering servant that we see in Jeremiah. Now there's some back and forth in this time frame between the public prisoner situation and the actual prison he was in before. And in this time, false prophets tickled the ear of Zedekiah and told him Nebuchadnezzar would not be returning. But by the time Jeremiah's public imprisonment, Nebuchadnezzar had shown up again outside the city walls. Josephus adds this, Now the king of Babylon was very intent and earnest upon the siege of Jerusalem, and he erected towers upon the great banks of earth, and for them repelled those who stood upon the walls. And he also made a great number of banks round about the whole city whose height was equal to the walls. So there is siege engines. There's probably catapults. There's towers. There's battering rams. It's on. The siege of Jerusalem is in full effect. The Egyptians are defeated. They're gone. There really is no one for Israel to, to call upon except for God. Jeremiah 37, 21. King Zedekiah then gave orders for Jeremiah to be placed in the courtyard of the guard and given a loaf of bread from the street bakers each day until all the bread in the city was gone. So Jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guard. So now we arrive at Jeremiah's courtyard prophecies. And despite his circumstances, he becomes a signpost for all to see and hear what the Lord says. And God uses him as a public mouthpiece to the people in the midst of the siege that lasts for months and months. I mean, it says, until the bread and the city was gone, starvation will become an issue. There will be a plague that breaks out in Jerusalem as well. Jeremiah becomes bolder and bolder announcing God's judgment, a public mouthpiece for God. Josephus' reference at this time is interesting. And the people seemed to believe him, but the leaders of Judah failed to listen to him and accused him of being crazy. When Jeremiah said this, the greater part believed him, but the rulers and those who were wicked despised him as one disordered in his senses. Jeremiah 32. This is the word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the tenth year of Zedekiah, king of Judah, which was in the eighteenth year of King Nebuchadnezzar. The army of the king of Babylon was then besieging Jerusalem, and Jeremiah the prophet was confined in the courtyard of the guard in the royal palace of Judah. Now Zedekiah, king of Judah, had been in prison there, saying, Why do you prophesy as you do? You say, This is what the Lord says. I'm about to give the city in the hands of the king of Babylon, and you'll capture it. Zedekiah, king of Judah, will not escape the Babylonians, but will surely give in the hands of the king of Babylon, and will speak with him face to face and see him with his own eyes. He will take Zedekiah to Babylon, where he will remain until I deal with him, declares the Lord. And if you fight against the Babylonians, you will not succeed. Jeremiah said, The word of the Lord came to me. Hanamiel, 
son of Shalom, your uncle is going to come to you and say, buy my field in Ananoth, because as nearest relative, it is your right and duty to buy it. Then just as the Lord had said, my husband Hamamiel came to me in the courtyard of the Lord and said, buy my field in Ananoth in the territory of Benjamin, since it is your right to redeem it and possess it, buy it for yourself. I know this was the word of the Lord, so I bought the field in Ananoth for my cousin, Hamamiel, and weighed it for 17 shekels of silver. I signed and sealed the deed, had it witnessed and weighed out the silver on the scales. It took the deed of purchase, the sealed copy containing the terms and conditions, as well as the unsealed copy. And I gave this deal to Baruch, son of Norah, the son of Mahul, in the presence of my cousin Hamamiel, and of the witness who had signed the deal, and all the Jews sitting in the courtyard of the Lord. In their presence, I gave Baruch these instructions. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Take these documents, both the signed and unsealed copies of the deed of purchase. Put them in a clay jar so they will last a long time. For this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says. Houses, fields, and vineyards will again be bought in this land. And after I had been given the deed of purchase to, to Baruch, son of Nariah, I prayed to the Lord, O oh, Sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. You show love to thousands, but bring the punishment for their parents' sins and the lapse of their children after them. Great and mighty God, whose name is the Lord Almighty, great are your purposes and mighty are your deeds. Your eyes are open to the ways of all mankind. You reward each person according to their conduct and as their deeds deserve. You brought your people Israel out of Egypt with signs and wonders, by a mighty hand and outstretched arm, and with great terror. You gave them this land you had sworn to give their ancestors, a land flowing with milk and honey. They came in and took possession of it, but they did not obey you or follow your law. They did not do what you commanded them to do, but you brought all this disaster on them. See how the siege ramps are built up to take the city because of the sword, famine, and plague. The city has been given the hands of the Babylonians who are attacking it. What you said has happened, and as you now see, and though the city will be given the hands of the Babylonians, you, sovereign Lord, say to me, buy the field with silver and have the transaction witnessed. Then the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah, I am the Lord, the God of all mankind. Is anything too hard for me? Therefore, this is what the Lord says. I'm about to give this city into the hands of the Babylonians and to Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, who will capture it. The Babylonians who are attacking this city will come in and set it on fire. They will burn it down along with the houses where the people arouse my anger by burning incense on the roofs to Baal and by pouring drink offerings to their gods. The people of Israel and Judah have done nothing but evil in my sight from their youth. Indeed, the people of Israel have done nothing but arouse my anger with all their hands have made, declares the Lord. From the day it was built until now, the city has, now, has so aroused my anger and wrath that I have removed it from my sight. The people of Israel and Judah have provoked me by the evil they have done. They, their kings, officials, their priests, their prophets, the people of Judah and those living in Jerusalem, they turned their backs to me and not their faces. Though I taught them again and again, they would not listen or respond to discipline. They set up their vile images in the houses that bear my name and defiled it. They have built high places to Baal in the valley of Ben-Hanon to sacrifice their sons and daughters to Molech. Though I never commanded nor... Did I enter into my mind that they should do such a detestable thing and so make Judah sin? 
You are saying about this city, by sword, famine, and plague, it will be given into the hands of the king of Babylon. But this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I surely will gather them from all the lands where I banished them in my furious anger and great wrath. I will bring them back to this place and let them live in safety. They will be my people and I will be their God. I will give them singleness of heart and action so they will always fear me and that they will go well for them and their children after them. I will make an everlasting covenant with them. I will never stop doing good to them. I will inspire them to fear me so that they will never turn away from me. I will rejoice in doing good and will assuredly plant them in this land with all my heart and all my soul. This is what the Lord says. As I have brought all this great calamity on this people, so I will give them all the prosperity I have promised them. Once more fields will be bought in this land, in which you say it is a desolate waste without people or animals, for it will be given into the hand of the Babylonians. Fields will be bought for silver, and deeds will be signed, sealed, and witnessed in the territory of Benjamin and the villages around Jerusalem and the towns of Judah and the hills of the country, of the western foothills and the Negev, because I will restore their fortunes, declares the Lord. Jeremiah 38, Shephatiah, son of Matan, heard what Jeremiah was telling all the people when he said, This is what the Lord says, Whoever stays in this city will die by the sword, famine, or plague. But whoever goes over the Babylonians will live. They will escape with their lives and they will live. And this is what the Lord says. This city will certainly be given in the hands of the army of the king of Babylon who will capture it. Then the officials said to the king, This man should be put to death. He is discouraging the soldiers who are left in the city as well as all the people for the things he is saying to them. This man is not seeking the good of these people, but their ruin. So this is actually true. Well, in the eyes of some. And King Zedekiah is fed up with his preaching and shouting. Jeremiah 38.5 He is in your hands, King Zedekiah answered. The king can do nothing to oppose you. So they took Jeremiah and put him into the cistern of Machalajah, the king's son, which was in the courtyard of the guard. And they lowered Jeremiah by ropes into the cistern, and was, there was no water in it, only mud. And Jeremiah sank down into the mud. Now, Jeremiah is completely mistreated here and thrown into this well. And he's probably given little food, and he's probably spit on daily and mistreated. They curse him. They, they, they shout echoing horrible things down the well towards him. Jeremiah 38.7 But Abimelech, a Cushite, an official in the royal palace, heard that they had put Jeremiah into the cistern. And while the king was sitting in the Benjamin gate, Abimelech went out of the palace and said to him, My lord the king, these men have acted wickedly in all they have done to Jeremiah the prophet. They have thrown him into a cistern where he is to starve to death when there is no longer any bread in the city. Then the king commanded Abimelech the Cushite, Take thirty men from here with you and lift Jeremiah the prophet out of the cistern before he dies. So Abimelech took the men with him and went, it went to a room under the treasury in the palace. He took some old rags and worn out clothes from there and let them down with ropes to Jeremiah in the cistern. Abimelech the Cushite said to Jeremiah, Put these old rags and worn out clothes under your arms to pad the ropes. Jeremiah did so. And they pulled him up with the ropes and lifted him out of the cistern, and Jeremiah remained in the courtyard of the guard. It took a foreigner, a Cushite, to stick up for Jeremiah. Interesting, too, how whoever goes to the king seems to get what they want, because the king just kind of says yes to everybody. And this Cushite was probably the ambassador from the king of Egypt, or the pharaoh, um, and he couldn't say no to him. Jeremiah 38, 14. 
Then King Zedekiah sent for Jeremiah the prophet and have him brought to the third entrance to the temple of the Lord. I'm going to ask you something, the king said to Jeremiah. Do not hide anything from me. Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, If you give me an answer, will you not kill me? Even if I did give you counsel, you would not listen to me. But King Zedekiah swore this oath secretly to Jeremiah. As surely as the Lord lives, who has given us breath, I will neither kill you nor hand you over to those who want to kill you. Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, This is what the Lord God Almighty, the God of Israel, says. If you surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, your life will be spared and this city will not be burned down. You and your family will live. But if you will not surrender to the officers of the king of Babylon, this city will be given into the hands of the Babylonians. They will burn it down. You yourself will not escape from them. King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I'm afraid of the Jews who have gone over to the Babylonians, for the Babylonians may hand me over to them and they will mistreat me. They will not hand you over, Jeremiah replied. Obey the Lord by doing what I tell you. Then it will go well for you and your life will be spared. But if you refuse to surrender, this is what the Lord has revealed to me. All the women left in the palace of the king of Judah will be brought to the officials of the king of Babylon. And those women will say to you, they misled you and overcame you. Those trusted friends of yours, your feet are sunk in the mud. Your friends have deserted you. All your wives and children will be brought out to the Babylonians. You yourself will not escape from their hands, but will be captured by the king of Babylon, and this city will be burned down. Then Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, Do let anyone know about this conversation, or you may die. And if the officials hear that I talk to you, and they come to you and say, Tell us what you said to the king, and what the king said to you, do not hide it from us, or we will kill you. Then tell them, I was pleading with the king not to send me back to Jonathan's house to die there. All the officials did come to Jeremiah and question him, and he told them everything the king had ordered him to say. So they said no more for him, for no one had heard his conversation with the king. Can you believe the fear of man on this king? He's a real weakling filled with the fear of man, but at least... He sought the Lord at least a little, but in this age, a little was not enough. After this, I mean, maybe a little is enough to spare his life, but not his city. I mean, it's, it's really bad. I mean, the level of repentance required in this time, this age, was enormous. And after this, he reconfined Jeremiah in the courtyard of the guard, and he would remain there throughout the siege. We end this episode by trying to create a visual. As all of this is going down, there is daily sounds and background defense going on. Shouting was going on outside the walls. The, the sound of siege engines and watchtowers and battering rams and archers raining arrows down. Um, in the midst of this, there's something interesting, too. Um, Jewish tradition says that um, the, the Levites and the Temple Mount would actually still sing their praises. They would still sing their songs. And Jewish tradition holds that King Nebuchadnezzar was tormented um, by this singing that went on inside the, the temple area, going down and through the cities, the sounds, um, over the walls, um, as the men were, were fighting, they could hear the actual singing and worship going on. 
I wouldn't say it was worship, though. I would say it was just more traditional singing. Uh, but this singing was um, irritating Nebuchadnezzar to the core um, as they were firing arrows over the wall and, and catapults were still being flung over the walls. King Nebuchadnezzar has his entire army focused on Jerusalem and its destruction. It's within these confines that Jeremiah also is hurling his prophecies. I, I have to imagine he's, he's screaming um, God's judgment and God's words throughout the city that everyone can hear. It's under this, this duress of the siege that Zedekiah is freaking out too. Um, his wicked men are convincing him to resist. Others are abandoning him. It's a horrible time and large stones are being hurled into the city with catapults and flaming arrows are ranging into the city. This is the end of an era. God has prophesied the end of an age. King Saul, the first king, counted his failure as the fear of man. Zedekiah was consumed with the same. We are so far from the times of King David and closer in history uh, to King Hezekiah. But where, where are these, these historical figures? Where are the men of faith in this time? We got prophets. Where are the kings? Where are the, the leaders, the generals? Where, where are the men of faith in this time? The world is in chaos. Jerusalem was on the verge of collapse, and the end is near. The prophet Jeremiah shouts from the courtyard of the guard for them to surrender. But the rulers refuse to listen, even with death closing in on the sheep gate and the dung gate, with siege towers exceeding the heights of the towers in multiple locations. Defending soldiers are running out of arrows, and food had virtually run out in the city. Hope was nearly lost, but one outspoken voice remained announcing God's will for them. Wisdom called forth. God's love called forth. The message of repentance would be heard until the very end. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Message to Kings. Feel free to visit the website, messagetokings.com, share the Facebook page, or if you want to chat, email us at messagetokings at gmail.com.